And we had the best economy we've ever had. And then one day you have to close it down in order to defeat this enemy. When, when things, things go, wrong, go wrong, knowledge is his power. This is Money Talks. We're back. I'm Troy Harmon here with none other than Jarrett McKenzie, the man from Paulding. Paulding County. There you go. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> I didn't go through all the normal uh, rigmarole in the the initial, but uh, Jared is yeah. a, a certified wealth strategist and a, has the CFP certificate. He's That's a right. certificate. The board would be proud uh, of you, Troy. Yeah, I'm sure. And Jennifer Thomas is with us on the line as well, and uh, she too is a CFP certificate. That is true. There you go. So uh, financial planners uh, by trade. Jennifer actually is our uh, the manager of our planning and implementation department at Hensler Financial. Jarrett's a, uh, uh, what are you, a senior, senior yep. associate? Yeah, yes, there sir. you go. Anyway, so enough fun for the moment. Uh, we do have a situation that we want to talk about, and believe it or not, we are a financial show, so why in the world not do some of that? There you go. Um, we got a, a, a person who is uh, Murray, and they're divorced, 55 years old, Um Murray's suffered some health issues when he was uh, 49, uh, which forced him to retire early. Um, at the time, he was uh, set up a substantially equal periodic payment plan for his uh, uh, his IRA, and uh, that's something that the IRS allows, and maybe we can go through and uh, let folks know exactly what that is, but uh, it allows you to withdraw your your uh, money from your retirement accounts early as long as you have those substantially equal payments. And there's right. a few other rules around it. It has to be over a period of five years or mm-hmm. uh, until you're 59 and a half, which is the normal age for withdrawal from IRAs and uh, 401ks. Sure. And um, in, in whichever one is longer is actually the rule, right? Yes, exactly. It's the longer right. of the two. So uh, what's happening now is Murray is trying to see if he can adjust the payments mm-hmm. just because his situation's changed, his health has improved slightly, uh, thinks he might be able to work part-time, and, um, uh, you know, he'd like to modify it to uh, just the withdrawal calculation so he doesn't use the money up faster than, you know, his, right. his life expectancy, which is always, I mean, there's a morbid uh, portion of financial planning. We don't know how long we're going to live, but we want to mm-hmm. make sure that we don't outlive our money. Right. And uh, that's kind of where Murray is. And uh, like I say, he's hoping to work part time until he can claim full Social Security benefits, which mm-hmm. uh, won't kick in until he's what after sixty, right? Absolutely, yeah. Well, and you you hit on a key point there. You know, it's when you're looking at longevity of assets and and trying to make sure your money's going to last you. One of the the most helpful things you can do is allow that tax deferred money that's in the 401s, the IRAs, and you know those types of accounts to grow in that manner for as long as possible. That's one of the main reasons you put it in that type of account in the first place. And so these situations involving 72T plans or, or, or strategies are ones that are very circumstantial because it does kind of depend on what is the age of the client, considering that you know what somebody retiring at 52 may have to. You know, maintain those withdrawals for at least seven years. You know, as you said, there's a minimum of five right. at least. But if they're younger, they're going to have to continue to draw more out. And so there's this element of okay, if you're doing this strategy, well then number one, you're you're 
eating into an account that is growing tax deferred, you know, and, and is going to start depleting a lot quicker, especially since you're, you're withdrawing it so early on. And so it can be somewhat dangerous to, to do in certain instances because of the fact that you may end up spending a lot more of those tax deferred dollars early on than you really should because that could have a meaningful impact. If you look at a financial plan that, that maybe assumes that and then one in which you don't do the 72T and potentially, you know, let's say you've got after-tax assets to, to get you to age 59 at least so that, or 59 and a half so that you don't have to pay the penalty. Well, you can extend the life of those assets a lot farther. These things can potentially, uh, I've, I've come across a couple that really did put people in kind of a, a sticky situation where it changed the outcome of the plan if, they, if we assume that they try to utilize a strategy like this simply because they would be pulling from those tax-deferred accounts so early on. But if you let the plan assume that that account continues to grow tax-deferred over time, then it has a really meaningful impact in the long run just because, again, those assets are growing tax-deferred. But on the flip side, there are instances where this can make a lot of sense for someone that, let's say, retires without any after-tax money, does need access to funds in order just to to live off of, and their only option is going to be from a tax-deferred account. This is a consideration that would help you avoid potentially incurring a penalty when you know, you're retired and you you would otherwise incur it if it weren't for a 72T payment plan. And so in Murray's case, he does have uh, the option to potentially modify it. There are some rules around, you know, how it can be modified, to what extent it can be modified. And then, you know, depending on the situation, are there going to be tax implications or potentially penalties associated with that? And so, you know, I think we can talk a little bit more about that in our next segment. But, you know, again, the point I wanted to make here is that these are very, very circumstantial. You cannot look at a 72T strategy and say, this is this is good across the board for anyone. It is going to be very uh, dependent upon that person's age and, you know, whether or not they've got the after-tax assets, sure. things of that nature. So, Yeah, it would be interesting to see just when these strategies make sense, and mm-hmm. maybe we can talk about that when we come back. Yeah. Um, well, uh, before the break, we were talking about a situation wherein Murray, who is uh, 55, uh, began taking equal, substantially equal payments from his IRA <clears throat> due to uh, uh, some health concerns. And now Murray is wanting to see if he can make changes to that. Uh, we, we wanted to go over a few reasons why a strategy like this might actually work, but uh, in Murray's case, he really didn't seem to have any other choice, had no um, uh, taxable accounts, so basically he was left with this IRA, he wanted to get to the money, and since the age that you can do that legally without penalty is normally 59 and a half, he uh, enacted this rule that the IRS actually allows Mm -hmm. to uh, let you take those payments. Now, the rules around it, you got to take those equally, uh, substantially equal payments over Mm -hmm. a five-year span or until you're 59 and a half, whichever is longer. Correct. So, um, Jennifer, I think you had some commentary as to why we might do this. And, uh, Jarrett, I'll I'll let both of you just have at it. Sure. Sure. Um, One of the things that I, you know, mentioned, while it is possible that you are allowed a one-time change, um, which he could do uh, to the required minimum distribution. The One of my concerns with that is that once you change it that one time to the required minimum distribution, you cannot change it again. 
So I don't know what his particular health situation was before, but if there's a chance that that could come back and then he might not be able to continue the part-time job and he would need more from his IRA before he turned 70 and I mean, before he turned 59 and a half, then it might be a case where he might want to continue pulling the the amount that he's pulling now. Um, and then if he's not using it, he can certainly save it and, you know, pack it away so that it's there when he does need it. Or once he quits, um, once he turns 59 and a half, then he can stop taking the distributions completely if he has uh, saved up enough where he can use that money instead. All right. So um, it, it's still not... You would still say maybe he ought to rethink before he goes and makes a major change because uh, it's, it says his health has improved, but it doesn't really make it clear as to whether or sure. not he's right. uh, you know, fully recovered from whatever ailment that he was dealing mm-hmm. with. Well, I think if you're Murray going into the situation before you really make a decision as to whether or not you know this is going to be the best course of action, putting that into a financial plan and, and seeing how that may affect the, the longevity of your assets otherwise or, you know, the, the outcome of the plan, assuming that, you know, he has another option. Maybe he doesn't. You know, in this case, we don't know exactly how much he's got in taxable assets. But generally speaking, you would want to incorporate that, you know, first so that you can avoid taking from your IRA earlier than you really have to or need to. Uh, but assuming that that's not available, then, you know, again, there's some question as to, okay, if this is appropriate, the 72T in general, you know, these substantially equal periodic payments we're talking about, then to what extent does it make sense? Because there's a lot of other variables to consider. You know, Jennifer's mentioned a couple, whether it be Social Security uh, or potentially earning some additional income that maybe was unexpected. If he did this at, say, 50, which is the, the next year for him, uh, you know, and then in, in a few years later, his health improves and he's able to get another job. Well, he might be stuck taking a bunch of money out of his out of his IRA that he doesn't need any longer because of the fact that he's now got more income you just and you can't and really know he that. still has to pay tax on right that. yeah and, and not only that but you're paying it much much sooner than you have to right. because you don't even have to start taking it from your ira until 72 now yeah you have until age 72 that just changed last year right? yeah exactly but, mm-hmm. so you know 59 and a half that he's going to be able to stop it and avoid penalty if he if he needs to but at the end of the day again if you look at a situation where someone begins taking money from an IRA and paying those tax dollars early, say in their fifties, and then, you know, run another scenario with a financial plan that assumes, you know, maybe they've got another alternative and they don't do the 72 and therefore those same dollars can grow until age 72. The, the, the outcome of the plan oftentimes looks a lot different. It's, it's a meaningful difference, but sometimes you don't really have an option. And that's really sure. when these things come into play. And then, you know, Jennifer and I and, and building the, the plans for the clients that do need to consider them are really looking at, okay, again, as I said in the last segment, the circumstances of the situation itself, because you really have to kind of know the specifics for that client and, you know, it can be appropriate for one client and, and another client that may have similar situations or circumstances may not look as, as appropriate for them. And so it really does come down to what, what are the circumstances for this client and can we build a financial plan around that to see, you know, because that's really ultimately what the financial plan is, is, in my opinion, the most valuable tool for is decision making. Sure. You know, because we can kind of see what might the outcome of, of a decision like this look like 
if you made it before you actually do. It's kind of like we tell clients coming in looking at retirement. Some people come in after they've just retired. Some come in a few years beforehand. And when we have some time to run a plan and say, well, if we if you do retire in a few years, what does that look like? You know, if they do need to make a change, they can do it based on what we see in the plan. Whereas somebody that you know has either made a decision already to take a 72T uh, or incorporate that strategy, or maybe they've already retired, well, you know, you, you want to look at these things from a planning perspective before you you make the decision. So I think that you know, if if any of you out there are considering this this situation like Murray is. You know, it would be smart to work with your financial advisor, your CPA, you know, someone who can help you sort of build that plan and give you some insight or perspective on what it may look like if you were to proceed in this manner. Yeah, and, uh, and along, J- Jared, along one, with that, go ahead. The, the penalty, if you make a change and you've made the, and then you change it again or you do something that's incorrect based on the Rule 72T under the IRS. They not it's not a ten percent penalty on your withdrawals from that point forward. They go back to the point where you started. That's a great point. It's Ouch. retroactive. Yeah. So yeah. you need to make sure. That's why I would work with a professional to make sure that you understand all the rules. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you have a situation like this or want to talk about it and talk it through or get somebody to check your plan, you can contact us seven seven zero. Four two nine nine one six six Hensler Financial. You can ask for Jarrett, or you can ask for Jennifer, and uh, they can always uh, help you. Always willing to help. And uh, you know, there's some folks that actually have tried to use this for a, um, you know, just to retire early, and it might make sense. But uh, a couple of points you made, Jarrett. Number one, more options are better than fewer options. Right. And the way that you do that is plan ahead. I mm-hmm. mean, if you if you save, one of the things you guys talk about all the time is uh, making sure that uh, you have more a diversity of financial vehicles mm-hmm. that you can save through. So yep. taxable is always, uh, you know, looked at as maybe worse, but sometimes it can actually be much yeah. better. Better to Absolutely. have it than not. All right. Uh, you're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.